0: You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be, so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us, or visit us in person each Sunday at ten thirty a.m. and Wednesday at six thirty p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Yeah. <laughs> I have to ask you guys. I have to prepare you guys. Some of you guys already know, but our services can get out of control. I hope you guys like. You guys like out of control. Last night, yeah, just really crazy. So last night, the short testimony we had went to a church where they were predominantly Baptist, Methodist, and uh, people that were sensationalists. They didn't believe in the farmers. They didn't believe in the Holy Spirit moving and um, it was incredible. Um, the Lord told me they're gonna think you push them down if you touch them, so I just said line up and the Holy Spirit's gonna fall. And the Holy Spirit started falling, like farmers fall out, fell or falling out in the spirit of God. Holy laughter started sweeping through the building. Um, people were looking around like, what's happening to me? It was a, it was a holy possession that took place. And it was one of the craziest services we ever saw there. So I'm believing uh, uh, that is going to happen again in this service. So I just ask you guys—you guys are already, you know—he's culti- you guys at Revive cultivated a culture of that here. So just, just, ex- just have your heart expecting because I believe that there's going to be a visitation. I saw several angels in the service that were here, and I feel like they were angels, of miracles, and so I feel like there were going to be. I'm not talking about just miracles of, of healing. I'm talking about creative demonstrations of the power of God, miracles and finances. I felt like there was going to be people were going to begin to just really feel the fire of God touch them. So there were angels that were up here in, during worship. So I, when anytime I see angels, they always there's always going to be a fun service, <laughs> always going to be a fun service. And so um, God actually did give me a prophetic what type of word on Pentecost, and I believe this word is, um, is, is, is for the entire body of Christ. It's a very timely word for Pentecost. But I want everybody to stand up for me, real quickly. Just wanna, it's already here, but I just wanna welcome the Holy Spirit. Um, I wanna welcome the Holy Spirit. Just everybody, lift your hands for me, please. Just begin to just just worship the Lord. Just begin to get your your mind on Him, Holy Spirit. We just we we thank you that you are here you're already here you're you 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 you're welcome here you're welcomed in this place you're welcome to move this is your service and we just ask you right now I just some of you even feel the fire of God touching you even now and I just pray right now that you would begin to just touch us right now Lord all over this house everybody that came in with burdens God, that you would begin to release joy, that you would begin to release your holy fire. I just see oil running over some of your head. I see oil beginning to flow through your, just on the top of your head. It's almost like honey and oil beginning to flow. And the oil, it's the oil of of gladness I hear the Lord saying. The oil of joy and gladness is beginning to touch people. So I just thank you. (sighs) Oh, yeah, I just feel the touch of the spirit beginning to flow. And so, Holy, we ask you to come to revive and to increase your presence. Let your fire, go, uh, yes, your glory touch this place and flow through the region. I, I, I even hear the Lord saying that the fire of God, we have not seen the fire of God like it's about to come. The Lord says, do not be dismayed by what you see on the news before. Lord said, I am moving among the nation." And God says where there has been chaos, I am speaking order. The Lord says that my glory is hovering like it did in Genesis. It's hovering. It's hovering. I see the Holy Spirit brooding over the nation. And the Lord said, I'm about to come like I did in the 40s. I'm about to come like I did in the 50s. The Lord said, like it did in the voice of healing revival. So the fire of God is about to come forth. And there's about to be a new brand of fire. Fire fire brand believers that are about to arise that carry the glory and the fire of God. They've been in my presence. Says the Lord, and they've been ministering unto me. And God said, Those that have been hidden are about to be exposed, for I am about to raise up a new breed in this hour of revivalists that carry the glory of God and the heart of God. And they will call forth those that are broken and lost, says the Lord. And they will come forth with fire in their hands, and miracles will break out in the streets, and miracles will touch those that are hurting. The deliverers are rising, says the Lord. And they will be lovers. They will have the love of God on them. They will carry the manifest presence like they did in the book of Acts. But the Lord says Acts 2.0 is on the way. Oh, yes, this is an act season, act season, act season, act season. So Lord, I just release fire right now. That fire would begin to fall. That there will be a fresh baptism. I hear the Lord saying there's coming a fresh baptism even in this service. He said, many have said, I've been baptized already in the spirit. Well, God said, it's time to be baptized again. He said, it's time to be baptized again. Oh, yeah, baptized again because they were filled and filled and filled and filled and filled and filled. And God says, I want to fill you and 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 fill you. And And I want to keep filling you and filling you and fill you. So I just pray, God, that a filling of the spirit will begin to flow through this place. Right now, in the name of Jesus. And that the church, God said the church is, is, the church is about to arise. The church is about to arise over America. For the bride has made herself ready. For there's a purity that's, uh, that's coming on the bride. I see white gowns. And I, I see God even putting wedding rings on many of your fingers. For God said, the, you got, I'm calling you into a deeper realm of marriage, says the Lord. For you have made my, my bride has married me and we will we will go on. I almost like see it like a like you know that when you go on your honeymoon. God said, My church is about to return to the honeymoon stage. Oh yeah. The honeymoon stage is about to, yeah, it's about to be a long honeymoon. Some of you have stopped, left the honeymoon stage, but God says, I'm calling you back. I'm calling you back to renew your vows. This is about to be a renewing of the vows. I see the Lord almost like tuxedo on. So, Lord, I just pray radical, radical intimacy will be resting even as we talk now. Radical intimacy in Jesus' name. try to be seated. (laughs) Stay in a posture of receiving. Lord gave me a word. Lord gave me a word about um, the Holy Spirit you know, if you if you're receiving, if as you as I'm ministering, I believe the Holy Spirit is not done. The Lord wants to touch you even while the the word is going forth, because there's spirit on the words. And so I believe there's a fire that can touch you even while I'm talking. So if you're feeling God on you, just receive it. <clears throat> God, I am going to talk about the glory of God today. Um I'm going to talk about, uh, I was going to talk about, fr- I talked about yesterday, friendship with the Holy Spirit, which is one of my favorite subjects, um, and uh, they were looking at me like I was crazy, uh, when I told them I was like lovesick over him, and they were like, uh, I feel so drunk up here, and uh, <laughs> they said, I said I was crazy and lovesick over him, and uh, and I was looking at these guys, and they came, a lady came up to me, she's like, I'm just I just, I don't know what to do. I just, this word is just, I just, I I don't know what to do. And I was just, she was like, I've never heard anybody talk about the Holy Spirit like that. And so today I'm I'm going to stay on that line a little bit, but I'm going to talk. This is a corporate work God gave me. I had an encounter last night. The Lord changed my sermon. And I had an hour to prepare this because he came to me in the night and he told me to preach that the glory of God is coming. Out of chaos. Out of chaos. That he's preparing the bride to be one that carries the glory of God. And so that's where we are, I believe, as the body of Christ. As we have seen all this going on around us. That the glory of God, we're being prepared for a glory that yeah. we have not seen. I believe God saved the best the best wine. He saves the best wine during the hardest times in history. And so in Isaiah 62, I mean Isaiah 60, verse 2, if you want to go there, pull it up on your phones. It's a scripture we we all have probably read before, but it's a powerful revelation. It's talking about how in the last days that there will be darkness. It says, for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and darkness, the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. That as darkness, as you look around as darkness, it says among the people of God that the glory of the Lord would just be arise, that would shine upon them. Some translation says that you've been called to carry God's presence. You've been called to carry God's glory. This is, a, this is not a small matter. This is the ultimate of the Christian life. There is no Christian life outside of the glory of God. We were created. We were made in the image of God, in the beauty of God, in the Garden of Eden, which is the Garden of Pleasure, to carry the very presence of God. It says that Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of day believe he just walked holding hands with them in the cool of day which was his unfiltered glory was heaven on earth and that was the uh, that was the condition to which the whole story of creation was started and that's how it's ending God without God's glory we are like fish without water we're like fish without water we were created to behold him And I believe the greatest, the greatest call of the church is to be in the presence of God. There is no greater call. There is no greater ministry. You want to know your purpose? That's your purpose. You want to know your, everything you're looking for can be found in the manifest presence of the Lord. Everything the church is hungering for. Why the, the, oh, evangelism. Without the glory of the evangelism, there is no evangelism without the glory. Without the presence presence of God, it draws men. When When you have the presence, it just attracts people. Because the presence of God is what makes us different from every people in the world. talks about in Habakkuk, in Habakkuk 2 and 14. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The Lord told me in this dream, he, he talked about, he came, me like talk, start talking to me about the glory of God in the dream. And he wanted me to preach that. And we have to understand that the Bible, that we've had knowledge about a lot of things in the church but there's a there's a knowledge coming of the glory of God of who God is what is the glory of God we talk about that especially if you've been in charismatic circles but i don't i, I think there's a deeper revelation of what the glory of God is that we have not understood so i'm going to try to define really quickly what is the glory of God <clears throat> because i believe that that that's the word that that is even over the next decade, that is the word for the church. That over the next decade, we're, uh, God is ushering the church into the glory that it, was suppo- that it walked in originally. He's restoring us and bringing us back to that place where the apostles walked and the shadow of the Peter healed the sick. He's bringing us back to that place where when people were, people were, you know, people with they took handkerchiefs and people were, demons were coming out, and people were getting healed. That is the normal condition in which Christianity was birthed. It's not abnormal Christianity. That is our faith. And how do we get there? Through radical intimacy and devotion to Jesus Christ. I believe the church is, God is setting the church up for an encounter. When you've been encountered by the Lord, you're never the same. When you've really seen him, people don't have to ask you to go to church. I remember when I first got radically saved, nobody had to ask me to go to church. I used to go to church for fun. It was like my fun activity. Yeah. People thought I was crazy. They'd be like, you've been in church five days this week? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, what else I'm gonna do? Like, I mean, i was just addicted to the presence of God. I just would, I didn't care who was there, I didn't care who wasn't there. I just wanted God. My desperation, I feel like if I could sum my life up in a scripture, it would be Psalm 42. Uh, My hunger and my greatest passion in life is to know him, to know him, not to be prophetic, not to be, I never asked to be prophetic. I didn't even know what the prophetic was. I was Baptist. Most of y'all can't believe I was Baptist. (laughs) I went to a Baptist Bible college. I have a bachelor's degree in theology from a Baptist Bible college. I was basically on the edge of charismatic. I was on charismania. I was like, had a foot in. I've spoken tongues, but that was all. And by, they would just talk about charismatics in my Baptist class. And I would have my head down like this. Like, it would be Methodists and Baptists. And, they, and these were Southern Baptists, y'all. And they would sit in there and they would like, these, you know, these charismatics. And I remember my professor brought me into the room and he like wanted to have a discussion because I wrote a paper on healing. And he wanted to—he wanted to explain to me that healing didn't happen anymore. So that's the environment which I was nurtured in. So I didn't ask—I didn't know what a prophet was or prophetic or any of that stuff. I would just get baptized in the spirit and would spend eight hours, five hours, locked in a room, diagnosed with ADHD, all my life. Never read—never read a book. Now I've written like a few of them. And I, they told me I, I had to take medicine. I was on Shatera, I was Ritalin, 20-milligram, 30-milligram, kicked out of five different schools, given up on by society. And God, I would read my Bible and spend time with the Word, and I, I, I threw those pills away. And God healed my mind in his presence. So the, the, nobody can tell me. That the presence of God is not everything. If you take the presence of God, the glory of God away from my life, then you might as well, I'm I'm ready to die now. I don't know how some people do life without the presence. I'm like, I'm just, you know, you might as well sign me back up for the world. I'll take one ticket to the world, please. You know, sitting in some of these churches, like, I have a lot of honor for them, but they're able to do it, but I can't. People are like, well, you know, we don't really need to feel the presence of God. You don't feel the presence of God. (laughs) I'm going to feel the presence of God. I'm going to cry out if I have to go on a 20-day fast, a 5-day fast, a 3-day fast, whatever I got to do to experience the presence of God. I'm going to do it because I know when all hell is breaking loose around us, only those that have been clothed in the presence of God are going to be able to look death's dead situations in the face to be able to prophesy and call those dry bones back to life. America's had enough of Powerless Christianity. I've been around young people. I was in high schools, and I remember I would be in high schools, y'all, and they thought I was a witch. Because my, my prophetic ministry, people would be like, oh, I want to tell y'all this. I didn't get to preach in a church for the first six, seven years of my ministry. Greatly rejected in a lot of churches. And that's why I love this church. This church really embraced me and, and accepted me. <clears throat> for who I was, because people, most pastors thought I was nuts, and so even in charismatic churches. But I was in Baptist churches for a while, and they really thought I was crazy. And I remember because they were just like, "You're so hungry for God, you know that's not normal." The pastors would tell me that's not normal that for somebody to be so hungry for God. You just you just love God too much. You pray too much. You you. All, I'm like, I, I don't know. I just love Him. When you've been set free from some of the things that I came out of. When God reveals himself, he spoke audibly to me when I first got saved and told me I was called into the ministry. You can't tell me that I'm not supposed to I don't do anything half. When I was in the world, I was a I was crazy in the world, y'all. When I was in the streets and in the world, I was nuts. I didn't do anything halfway. I drank the most. I wanted to be the one that drank the most wine, the most beer, the, the most uh, uh, vodka. You know, if we do shots, 22, I'll take, drink 22 shots. That's, the, that's just how I was. I was radical. I have an addictive personality. So I don't know how to do anything halfway. So I can't be one for the, like, I just didn't. I told the Lord I couldn't do that when I got saved. So I told him when I got saved, I said, God, I'm going to do this either with all the way or not at all. And so that's been my life. And God is calling, and, and it's just hungering. What does it mean to know the glory of God? It's funny. I was reading. I was statistically, I was looking at it, just some stuff, and it said, "The Bible says that the waters cover the sea." And I think it was interesting that seventy-one percent of the Earth's surface is watered, is covered by water, and the ocean. So it's so majority of the Earth is full of of, of is, is full of water. So when he says the knowledge of the glory of God, that means that God is preparing his people. Because, li- listen to this, y'all just going to blow y'all away. I love this. Yeah, I love this stuff, y'all. So what is the glory? So that's broken it up. This is interesting. Because most people think glory, they think, all oh, just people falling out or, you know, somebody, you know, they think or people, you know, miracle. But the glory has a stronger meaning than that. So the glory of God, there are three types of glory mentioned in the word of God. The first place of glory is called the doxa glory of God. The doxa glory of God. The doxa glory of God is his goodness, is his nature. That's why that's the word when Moses asked, can you show me your glory? He said, I will show you my goodness. Because that is the doxa glory. That is a that's the foundation of knowing the glory of God, that, you know, his nature, because when he releases his glory, it's a demonstration of his goodness to us and his love for us. So miracles, signs, the prophetic, when the glory of God rests on those things, they should point back to Jesus. If they don't point back to Jesus, then we have room to question. I've seen it even in the prophetic movement. You know, we spend so much time talking about the prophetic, but it's, if the prophetic is absent of the presence of Jesus Christ, then I, it's just, it's just, it's no different from it than people who are in the uh, witches who can read information. But the presence of God is what makes the words that we speak come alive in people's hearts. When we speak the word, the presence rise in on the word that we speak. And I've seen it time and time again in classrooms. I would go in classrooms and I would see uh, 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 just go in classrooms. I was um, I was in the, I ministered in Indianapolis in the high schools for a while. And I would see prophesying. I remember one time my wife worked at a school next, and we worked in a school together as substitutes. And she was in a classroom and I was in a classroom. And I remember uh I just was just I felt the Lord for the like the heart of God for these kids. And I began to prophesy over one of the kids. And that when I tell you guys the, profet, the love of God and the prophetic hit that room so hard that I had, it was stu- like the kids that were like in gangs and everything standing up in a public school. Cry, and the presence was just as thick as it was in a church service. Every kid in that classroom was crying. Weeping. Crying. And they were asking me, where do you go to church? Because I've never seen this in church before. Where do you go to church? How can I hear God like you hear God? I didn't even know God speaks. So the glory is not, it's the goodness of God. He was showing those kids his goodness. And they said, why, how do you know all this information about my life? I said, because God loves you and he knows you. I feel the love of God in here right now. Jesus. God loves showing off. He loves showing off. He loves blowing our minds, blowing our expectations. I tell people, if you have a box to put God in, get ready because he's going to blow the box out the water. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Like, I'm telling you, if you want more of God, get ready for him to shred, to destroy every little box you put him in. Now, if you want just a little bit of God, he might let you stay safe. But I'm telling you, if you want God, If you want God, if your heart heart cry, one of the prayers I pray every day, Lord, show me your glory like Moses. I want to talk with you face to face. I want to be your friend, God. And if your prayer is that prayer, my wife used to be scared to pray with me. She would say, Jordan, you say the craziest stuff in prayer. I don't want to be no part of it. Everything that people tell you never to pray for in prayer, I did. I' be praying for patience i would be praying for I'd be like Lord break me bend me God just, to, like, just like my wife one time she, I was like I was like praying that and my wife was like then I, I added her to it. I'm like bend my wife break my wife God she's like no don't do don't pray that for me she, like you can you can pray that but I, I you know I love God. But she's like, that, that's you. That's probably why I've been through so much hell, because God I prayed those crazy prayers. God will take you up on some of the prayers that you pray. So a lot of times when we're worshiping and we're singing, I surrender all to you. And then we wonder why we're going through, hell hit our life tomorrow. Well, just remember the song you sang yesterday. You said, God, God, refine me, refine me, refine me. God is looking down and those angels that are walking. Oh, God, we got another one. They just signed up. Our words are spirit. So when we speak, he's the father, he hears. It's like a parent that said, oh, I'm going to get good grades this year in school. Your kids said they're going to get grades. This year. You're, you're expecting them to hold to it. So when we're in the presence of God, we're like, God, I give you everything. I'll go anywhere you tell me to go. I did that in the service, and he said, go to Africa. I said, What? I had no heart for Africa. I told God, and this is another thing. I I don't ever tell God I'm not going to do anything anymore because everything I tell him I'm not going to do, he asked me to do it to be funny. I remember I was like, God, I will never go go overseas. God said, I want you to go to Africa. I said, God, I will never minister in the Middle East. God said, I want you to minister in the Middle East. I said, God, I will never move to Florida. I hate Florida. I remember we went there for a training. I said, I hate Florida. I don't want to ever move here. The people are mean. I'm staying right in the country of Indiana. God spoke to me. He said, I want you to move to Florida. So God is challenging you. You better be careful because God is. But you know what? It's been a ride of the lifetime. When you go get on a ride with God, I'm telling you, it's greater than any drug. It's greater than anything you can do. I'm telling you, I'm talking about sexual relationships. Any of those things have nothing in comparison to knowing the God that knew you intimately, that, that that knows the hairs on your head, that loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. And I tell people he would send his son to die for you all over again. And that type of love cannot be found in the world. I've been I've been loved by people, but people can be fickle. People are a changing they with you one minute uh, uh, against you the next but i'm telling you the love of god for us never changes he is with us when everybody else walks away. There have been times I've lost relationships, friendships, everything has fallen apart. Even in the last season I was in, I felt like I was dying, and I felt like I was just being crushed by God. How many knows what it feels like to be when you feel like God is crushing you? And I remember I remember God, one of my favorite songs in that season was where there is new wine, and I would just go in my car, and I would weep, and I would cry, and I said, God, this is hard. I'm going through God. Help me. I don't know what to do. And that, and the presence of glory of God would come and at my prayer time I would see the cloud of glory come into my car and and during my hardest times of suffering that's when I felt the presence of God come the most in your time of great trouble God is with you when nobody else is the tears that you cry in secret God is with you You haven't, you ain't walked in the spirit until you say, God, I want to give up. You ain't walked with God until you got to the end of yourself and said, God, if you don't do something, I don't know if I'm going to be able to live. I've been in those seasons where I said, God, take me to glory because you're killing me. And he said, yes, I want you dead. I want Jordan's opinion to die. My will be done. And then you get to this place in prayer. And when I get it at the end of myself and all hell is breaking loose and around me and all and, and the people are talking about me. I go in the presence of the father. No matter what time of night it is, what time of day it is, even on my lunch break, I would go. I remember a season we were just in and I, I, I was so going through so much had lost everything, and I told the Lord, I said, God, I was working two jobs I hated, and ministry had slowed down, and I was like, God, what are you doing? And God, and I remember God told me, had told me to take a six-month sabbatical. I didn't do anything. I wasn't unfaithful faith for my wife or anything. I'm like, God, I moved to Orlando. I moved to Florida for you. I gave up every relationship. I lost everything for you, and God told me just, he didn't say anything. You don't know until God is silent. How many of you have had God be silent? When you've just been like, God, I need you to speak about something. And God is just like in love. He's not hiding himself from us. In those seasons, he's calling us to draw near. It's in those silent seasons that I've sought the Lord. And I've sought him in pain and I've praised him. And I'm telling you, your praise will cost you something. Your praise when pain when I prayed for my father to be healed, when I got prophesied that I had a healing anointing, and, 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 I, and, I, and my, I laid hands on my dad, and he died the next day at 50 years old. Fatherless at 20 something years old. Great father. Just had got saved for real out of being a drug dealer. That is, I, that's, that's what, what do you do in those moments but praise? What, 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 can, what, can, what, can, what can satisfy in those moments but the glory of God? The glory of God is the Shekinah glory, which is the manifest presence of God, the visible glory of God, the kavod, kavod glory, the weighty presence of God. And God is wanting us in the midst of our, and, and, and I will say all this to say this, that God is preparing us. And what does that pre- preparation look like? God gave me a revelation that's so powerful, you guys, out of a season of, that I, of fasting and stuff. And he, he talked to me about the Old Testament. And he talked to me about the tabernacle of Moses. And he talked about the parallel between the tabernacle of the Old Testament and the Christian life. And, he, and, he, and it was a powerful revelation. And he told me about the seven furnitures. And he talked about, okay, in this tabernacle, how it was a prophetic. Because what does the Bible say in the New Testament? We are the tabernacle or the temple of God. Our bodies have become the temple of the Lord. And so in that place of being God being God's temple, in these tabernacles, there, in the tabernacle, there was a, uh, uh, have any of you ever heard of types and shadows? Well, in the old, a type and shadow is a prophetic picture of something that has a real reality. And so in the tabernacle, in the outer court, and so when we all start in our, our walk with the Lord and, and going after his glory, we all start out and the church has started out in this place of being in the outer court. That's when we come and we, we give our lives to him and we say, God, here's my life. Here's my life. I, I, I lay it down to you. <clears throat> but then this is the this is the scary part, y'all. This is where it, what got me. I, I said, Lord, I give you my life, Lord. I give you my life. And, and I had a prophetic word and I grabbed hold of it. But how many know that there's a process connected to that prophetic word? Did nobody tell you about that? I wish somebody would have told me that when they gave me that prophetic word, when God spoke to me himself, he didn't tell me that 10 years later, I would still be just down seeing the fulfillment of it. But the Lord told me something in this season. And he said, he said, if I ask you to shut down ministry and do nothing but worship me and be a priest unto me, for the rest of your life if I called you to be an Anna, a Anna and a Simeon your male's people don't if you they have like a few verses in the Bible but they God had they had a special place in God's heart God said would you be a Mary of Bethany these people were people that weren't the celebrities they weren't known they didn't have a big platform but Mary poured her alabaster box out at the feet of Jesus And I believe God is calling us in here and calling his church globally to stop doing tradition and stop trying to build big services. And I believe he just wants us to come together and see what he wants and see what moves him, see what touches his heart. We have focused so much time on us, but God is looking for true worshipers that will come into the presence of God and say, God, what do you want? The altar was the first stop. There was an altar, a brazen altar, and a brazen laver. The, the brazen laver represents washing, and the, and the altar represents sacrifice. So when I came into the kingdom, God said, I can't use you to minister to my people because you still have old thinking, old mindsets that have to die at the altar and then have to be washed off of you at the, at the laver so when we come, we come with all our baggage and all our problems and his love, he takes us and he washes us and he cleans us up so that we can be this beautiful bride and when we stand before people that we, we, we don't make the Lord look bad. You know my greatest fear? My wife asked me that. We had a moment where she asked me, what is your greatest fear? And I told her. I said, my greatest fear is making the... the the Lord look bad publicly my greatest fear is that I would be a rising star to just be a a fallen star my greatest fear is that I would do great exploits for the Lord but then destroy all of it with my my character that that, that, the fear of the Lord is on me about that y'all and the Lord Lord showed me that (coughs) that this this thing that we have to worship him, <laughs> we don't know how how amazed how blessed we are. To have a God that we can encounter, a God that we can know. <clears throat> then when you get to the inner court, there's three items in the inner court the inner court of, of, on your way to the glory of God. And it's the table of shoebread. The table of shoebread represents the, the dining room. This is the place of great pleasure. This is the place where God woos you and sweeps you up, and that ecstasy of the Lord falls on you, and you have these moments with the Lord that are so beautiful. I've had moments with the Lord that are so beautiful, I don't even, I don't even feel comfortable saying it. I don't feel comfortable talking about it because they're too intimate. They're, too, they're, the, they're the place where all the secrets are revealed and the mysteries and those moments in that, at that table with the Lord mark you forever. When you eat at the table of the Lord, you're never the same. I believe God is setting the bride up to sit at his table. I believe he's calling us to stop feasting at the table of the world and feast at the table of the king. I feel like God is longing for his bride to come eat with him. There, You haven't had a meal this good. I remember those Encounter series. Remember those Encounters? Anybody ever seen the Encounter series? Well, they have Encounter series where Jesus is at the where Jesus comes and appears to people in the physical form, and he's trying to reveal to people that he's Jesus. So these people go to a diner, yeah, and the Jesus is cooking, and the, and it's the best food that they've ever ate. They're like, "This is the, my grandma's dish. This is better than my grandma cooked it. This is the best water I've ever tasted." It's like when Jesus cooks a meal, we ain't Saul, he better than Chef Ramsey. <laughs> and he don't yell at you as bad. I, t- I used to be a chef. I told my wife, she's like, if Chef Ramsey offered you a job, would you take? I'm like, no. I, like, I would be done through a pan at Chef Ramsey. I would be done and have to put my Christian faith right here and be like, Lord, I know I'm not acting like love, but I have to throw something at him. He be up in these people's face like this close and like cussing, cussing them out, calling them by their name. I'm like, God, I I, I don't I, I haven't become that much like you yet. <laughs> but he doesn't do that to us at the table. He, he wines us, he dines us, and he he speaks intimate things into our hearts where we're never the same again. The golden candlestick, I'm almost done, you got the golden candlestick is the lamp of the Lord. It represents, intim- it represents the, uh, the illumination of the Holy Spirit. It's when the Holy Spirit touches you. And you have those encounters with God where the fire of God touches you in services. Those encounters are not just for you. Those encounters are for everybody around you. The Holy Spirit upon your life is to bring transformation to the dying world around you. One of the keys to actually getting more, you know what it is? It's actually releasing. That's why I always release impartation. Because when we release, he gives more back. Many people are like, I want the mantle of Smith Wigglesworth. Why do you want it? To sit at home? <laughs> people are like wanting to have like a couch ministry saying that they want the mantle of Catherine Coomins. You don't want to work. You don't want to go do a crusade. You don't want to go to Africa. What do you want all this glory for? To wave your hand at your animal? To just wave your hand at your children and them to fall out in the spirit? Like, you just want to, like, have a teddy bear match, just waving the, your hand. You know, in front of your lazy boy turning on Netflix, watching with glory just sitting on you. He, you know, just, I, you know, I don't, I mean, what is the glory for if it's not for transformation of the world around us? What is the glory for if it's not for the changing of our culture? So I ask for that, knowing that I'm paying a price for a people that I can't, I have not yet met. The price that you, God, wants you to pay and is calling you to pay as a believer, as a called-out one, as the ecclesia, is not for you. It's for those that are broken in bondage, lost. That are there. They were like you once were. One of the biggest cries of the Lord's heart for the church is that we forget where He brought us from. We forget when we were the drug dealer. We forget we were the drug addict, and we get all churchy and religious, and we forget that we were once broken, lost, I had no hope. And I want to get let you in on a little secret: that you didn't pursue Him; He pursued you. We're not smart enough to pursue God. That's giving us way too much credit. I'm not being mean. Forgive me, Tony. But we're not smart. We're not smart enough to. God said, I love my sheep, but I studied what a sheep was. And it's funny that sheep are not very smart animals. They just go where the shepherd tells them. And sometimes they run into the fence. And sometimes they stray off and go get eaten by wolves. He could have chosen a smarter animal. Like a horse, they're a lot smarter, but he chose the, like one of the, you know, most cute animals, gentle animals, but he chose a very not a smart animal because he, he never meant for you to lead your own life because you're not smart enough to lead your own life. I know before I started letting him lead my life, I made some dumb decisions. And when I when I got out of the spirit, because any time a believer could step out of the spirit and walk in the flesh and I've done that and I've lost a lot of money doing it. I have delayed my own progress because we make very dumb decisions when we're not led by God. And that's why when you get saved, it's crazy because when I got saved, I started looking at some of the stuff people in the world was doing. I'm like, I actually did that. You, 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 you've been with this same person and they've been like abusing you for 15 years and you, I was in an abusive relationship. But God illuminates us through the spirit of God and he turns our mind. It's like a, it's like a light bulb goes off. It's like the prodigal son when he really had an encounter with God, hit the light switch turned on. It's like a light switch turns on in our head. Almost done, you guys. The the uh the the altar of incense represents the worship to the Lord. We get in this place where our lives become worship. Our lives become given to Him. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is that we behold the glory of the Lord in a mirror and we become like Him. Thank you. We I've been walked into that chair like fifteen times, y'all. If you. The key to being like Jesus is beholding him. How do we do that? We, we, you know what? You become like what you worship. That's why the devil is fighting for the worship of a generation. That's why he's fighting through media and music and TV. He's fighting for worship because he was the worship leader of heaven. And he wants to be worshiped because he lost that place of glory in eternity. And so he's looking for a generation to worship him He wants to pull our worship and divert our worship and get us focused on other things instead of looking at the Lamb. And the reason sometimes we get so tangled up with the cares of life is because we've taken our gaze off the one that deserves all our attention. I believe God is releasing a word to the church that he's calling us to gaze at the Lamb again. Two more. The mercy seat. That's the, that's the holy place. That's the place where only priests were allowed. That was the place where the sacred place of God, that's where the Kabbat glory would come, and the, uh, the Shekinah glory would come and manifest visibly, and the priests couldn't even minister at that point. This was the place of you've been purified, you've been, you've been but the mercy seat represents that, that final stop before the glory where you literally have yielded everything, and you say, God, I, I understand that it's the mercy of God that has kept me. That's how I don't know how Christians can get religious and judgmental because we don't know that our righteousness is as filthy rags. Our righteousness, like we are, it's a study, it's a total, it's a a term in the Baptist church they use. It's called total depravity. It says that that we are unable to save ourselves. We are hopelessly unable to uh, come to God without him drawing us first. We can't come to him. You You were an enemy of God. God, you didn't even like that idea. Some of y'all know when that Christian would come talk to you, you would like, like you'd be scared when you saw the Christian come near you. You would like, uh, you would walk the other direction. That Christian at work, you would like, to keep trying to ask you if you want to go to church. You would like, I don't want to go to church. I've been there, done that. I don't want to go to church. You were at any time that people would talk about stuff from the Bible, you would just get like, oh, here we go again. And now you're in here worshiping the Lord and you're yielding all and you're in here worshiping. And you think that was your responsibility? You think that was you? Okay. We give ourselves way too much credit. Jesus, we give ourselves way too much credit. I already know who's who's steering this shit. I know who. You know what I tell God in prayer all the time? The only thing special about me is that I surrender to the Spirit of God. That's all. There's nothing special about Jordan Wells besides the fact that when he says do something, I say, yes, master. Yes, master. I'm, I tell Jesus all the time, I'm the donkey that he gets to ride in on. And actually, the donkey would get it right most of the time because I've hit my head a lot. The donkey went straight to Jesus. Jesus. I've went the other way. I've been like, Jesus, this area over here looks pretty good. I think I'll go over here. Jesus like, no, I told you, Jordan, to go straight. That is the, that is a, not a, that is not, that is not, Uh, low self-esteem that is that is humility because i know that i am a son of god that i am cherished by the father i'm loved by god that i have the power of the holy spirit i have everything that attains the life and godliness that i am a child of god that i have the power of god upon my life but i realize that everything good about jordan wells is about jesus that this ministry thing that we call ministry is about jesus that everything we do in ministry is about jesus that everything about ministry is about people in jesus what we get it wrong is when we think it's about us Jesus didn't die so we could have big ministries. Jesus died so his people, his b- beloved bride can stand at the marriage supper of the Lamb and cry, holy, 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 holy is the Lord Almighty. He's preparing us for an eternal wedding where there'll be laughing and joy and no more tears and no more, no more pain, and that's what he's preparing us for. He's not preparing us to just have big crusades and do ministry. Close with this one. <laughs> I'm being obedient, you guys. The ark, well, I'm going to say this. This is just the preaching. So, I'm going Do be obedient. You know, at, at uh, 1245, I think that's what he said. You guys, if you need to go, you can go. But it's going to get crazy after 1245. It's going to get crazy. So, if y'all need to go, y'all go on and go. I'm, getting, I'm being obedient, so he can't be mad at me afterwards. I'm just letting you know now. You were, you were released. Uh, I don't even know the religious like bless you stuff. What did I use that? Uh, let the let the Lord bless you and keep you. Let His face shine upon you. Let the Lord be gracious to you. You were you were blessed. Bye. <laughs> the f- I've been. I look, you guys. Jesus. Lord, just Jesus. People think we crazy, y'all. The Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> I'm okay. They can think I'm crazy. They, you know what? I think some people in the world are crazy. So I'm going to be crazy for Jesus. I'm not letting nobody stop my fire. I'm not gonna dry up like a prune. I want the glory of God. I'm not gonna be one of those Christians. God, I said. The older I get, the my, I want to be the. I want to be more on fire. I want to be like Reinhard Bunky who was on fire until the day he died. To the day I go to be with glory, I want to be just as in love with him now as I ever have been before. I want to be on my deathbed. I want him to say friend of Jesus. I want him to say a, a person madly in love with Jesus. I don't. Want the 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 courting to end, the romance to end. I don't want it to end. God is about to move you guys. The glory of God is here. The last one is the glory of God. The glory of God. You come up. The glory of God. The Ark of the Covenant was the final instrument. It was seven. And the ark was the last one. The ark represent the place of the glory. This is where we have w- we've went through the stages of intimacy with the Lord, and we've walked with Him, and He's made Himself real to us. And the glory rests upon our life. Now, the price has been high, but the price has been worth it. I tell the Lord all the time I will do it all over again. I'll do it all over again because I love you. I'm a man in love. I'm a man in love with the Lord. I've seen him, and I don't ever want to look away. He is everything to me. He is everything to me. I don't care about ministry, you guys, anymore. I just want him. And if you lock me away in a closet, (laughs) it's going to be the same way. I just want him, and I believe that's where God is bringing us today into the church globally. I believe he's just saying, I want my bride to say nothing else will do. Nothing else will do. Nothing else will do. I don't care what else people offer. There's nothing but Jesus. There's nothing but Jesus. His glory is all that I want. Just stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. your hands, lift your hands. There's none but Jesus. There's none but Jesus. God is going to come like a fire in this place. I hope you guys are ready for the Holy Spirit to come. Spirit is about to come. Lift your hands. Lord, I pray, Father, right now that you would clothe us in your glory. Clothe us in your glory. Clothe us, clothe us, clothe us. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.